Hey guys, before we jump into the show, I got a little bit of a message for you. It's 2017, everyone. We're here, and my resolution is to boost our listenership and followership by blatantly bribing you all to share Grits and Grids podcast posts and our blog posts. I'm going to do that with a little help from my friends. So, we put together three prize packs with a bunch of awesome stuff. The first one's called Eye Candy, which includes some t-shirts and some prints from good friends like Jay Fletcher and Caleb Morris. The second one's called Brain Food, where we have a bunch of books. Uh, Charlie Hopper's Selling Eating, Denise Leon's What Great Brands Do, and one of my own, Stop Blasting My Mama. And then we have the grand prize, which is a collection of a bunch of awesome stuff, including some uh, free fonts from Fort Foundry, as well as a free custom t-shirt order from Black Hat Merchandising. All of this is happening for each time you share one of our posts. That's all you gotta do, share it, or tag your friends on Instagram, or do something to proliferate the goodness that is Grits and Grids. So share any post that you like on Grits and Grids with all of your friends, or tag them on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We'll pick someone at random for each prize pack, so only one winner per prize pack. Um, Check out the website to see the full skinny on what you could win, and tell the world about the amazingness that is Grits and Grids. As always, thank you for tuning in, thanks for listening, and now, on to the show. Hey listeners, today I have with me Allison Seth from Seth Design Group. Uh, She's based out of Ocean City, Maryland, and um, has some pretty great things going on in the world of branding for restaurants, and we can even probably rope some uh, beverage in there too, I think I saw some stuff, but Allison, why don't you say uh, say hello? Hi, everybody. Allison Seth here. Um, I'm the creative director and owner of Seth Design Group, which is a, a boutique virtual agency specializing in restaurant branding. And so essentially, we assist restaurants with new concepts, with anything from like logo and menu design to website and interior graphics. Or we also can come on board um, after existing and brands have been around a while, then they might just want a brand refresh, or maybe they have like a product that's launching that needs packaging design or something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, I think I've covered some of Seth Design Group's uh, work on Grits and Grids. Uh, so, you're definitely on our radar. And then um, what really sparked me to have you on the show is this whole month of January, we're, we're kind of talking and tackling some um, issues about planning and like looking ahead. And um, I think we have a lot of listeners that Maybe like a solopreneur, I think you used that word a little bit ago. Um, You know, they have a solopreneurship, but maybe they're looking to grow and add some people. So what's that look like? And then we have some folks who are like, man, we're doing everything for everyone, which I think we all know just doesn't work. Um, How do we, you know, should we niche or or should we not niche? And if we do niche, do we niche in service or do we niche in industry? Both. And so I think you have a lot of light to shed on that. excuse me, on that uh, topic, uh, because essentially Seth Design Group, for the most part, is restaurants and restaurant focus. So you have that niche. And then predominantly, you're doing a lot of brand identity work. So you have that niche. So you're almost double niched. Um, not, not, not to say you can't do other things, but that just happens to be the workload, right? Yes, that's correct. And so was this by design or like, like were you just sitting there on the beach drinking, uh, um, I guess it's not a Mai Tai in, in Funny, Ocean City, Maryland, but say that. maybe a Coors Light. I've been there. <laughs> I think it's natural light up here. Is the oh, natty. It's like a 30 pack for like $10 or something mm. like that. But no, um, <clears throat> it was a beach in a different area. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to take you back a little while. Um, yeah, take us on the journey. Yeah. So. 
I went to school at SCAD, which is the Savannah College of Art and Design, um, mm-hmm. which is located in Savannah, Georgia. Um, so that's where I went for grad school. And then um, right out of grad school, um, 9-11 kind of hit. So my hopes and dreams of like going to the AIGA portfolio review and you know, <laughs> getting this amazing job in DC kind of came to a crashing halt because they canceled everything. Mm-hmm. Um and so what I ended up doing is is picking up um, an in-house design job at a tech firm that I actually happened to um, intern at, and um, which was great, you know, great pay, you know, pretty easy, yeah, um, kind of worked within the branding corporate world for a while. Um, sure. And, you know, it was cake, <clears throat> um, but slightly not inspiring. So... You know, I had always thought about maybe like eventually getting out, getting out, but you know, you get comfy and you kind of stay in for a while. Um, but one day they cut the marketing department. And so it forced me out into the world. Um, uh, and so I did sit on a beach and I had margaritas <laughs> <laughs> down in Savannah um, and was like, hey, let's, you know, why not freelance? Let's just check it out, see what's going on. Um, so I started that, that's when Seth design group started and I was pretty much doing anything for everyone. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I check out the blogs. I even, I think I signed up for Elance back in the day, um, which is horrible. It's Um, actually (laughs) Upwork now. I think they rebranded it as Upwork. (laughs) But, um, you know, I did that kind of rat race where I would take anything and, you know, Mm -hmm. my fees were probably like horribly low. Um, and then, um, actually the Mm -hmm. company that, that kind of, you know, fired me, um, hired me as freelance. So that allowed me to kind of build that base up back again. Um, nice. but after a while I was like, you know, how do I market? What do I do? Like I need to build something bigger and better. Um, and I think where specializing started was I read a book, um, because in, you know, grad school and undergrad, they don't teach you anything mm-hmm. about running businesses. Um, so I read a book by Elise Benham and it's called The Designer's Guide to Marketing and Pricing. And Elise, um, if you if you kind of follow the How magazine, um, you know, and How Design cast area, mm-hmm. um, she's a consultant with them. She runs something called The Marketing Mentor. And essentially, she's, you know, a coach or a mentor for um, – young professionals in the creative industry. Mm -hmm. So copywriters or designers um, or photographers. So I was reading that and pretty much she had um, her philosophy is you do want to specialize. You want to do the least amount of things to get you the greatest return um, in the shortest amount of time. So especially with solopreneurs or smaller companies, your marketing budget is low. You only have so many hours in the day. It's a service industry. So being able to specialize has helped me, um, you know, as far as marketing, sales, you know, operations, everything. Um, And in the end, people know me and know Seth Design Group as like, hey, they, you know, designed the graphics for that restaurant, you know. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's cool. I like that, you know, so people within the restaurant industry, especially in the DC area, kind of know the work that we've done and it just leads to more, you know, referrals and leads and on down mm-hmm. the line. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know we we saw a lot of the same things. You know, yeah. <laughs> First of all, it's it's. Uh, you're sitting there every day trying to talk to your clients and trying to tell them that they need to focus, that they don't have a huge budget. So, you know, focusing your efforts in one area is the best use of that budget because then you, you know, essentially, I think the way my friend said it is best is you have a magnifying glass. You have all the energy in the world and that's the sun. So you can either warm up a lot of stuff or you can use a magnifying glass and burn down a city. And, um, yeah, and so he's like, you know, which do you want to do? Because there's no right or wrong answer. It's just... One does one thing and the other does the other thing. And, you know, my my response was, well, hell, man, I want to burn down a city. Like, not literally, but like, you know, metaphorically. And that sort of was one of the, you know, epiphanies that I had had or one of the breakthroughs that I had before we niched Vigor, um, which has been, and I think you'll agree with uh, regard to Seth Design Group, it's the smartest thing we've ever done to take our own advice, essentially, and, and niche. Um, yeah. And I think it's all dependent, you know, it's. <clears throat> It's dependent upon the person, obviously, mm-hmm. how large the company is. Um, you know, I don't have as many mouths to feed because the people that work within my group are um, consultants, so freelancers mm-hmm. essentially. Um, so I, I think your previous guest mentioned, you know, Susie needing to feed Susie. Like, I don't necessarily need to feed Susie. Um, right. So I'm, you know, I'm not worried necessarily. I'm more concerned about doing like really great where I, work being passionate about it and like enjoying it you know so eventually you get that portfolio piece that you actually want to show on your website instead of like bearing in the drawer somewhere oh right yeah there's the stuff you know that the old adage goes there's stuff you do for the bank and there's the stuff you do for the book you know when 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 you have a niche essentially everything you're doing should be for the book and the bank um right i'm hoping (laughs) i'm hoping yeah (laughs) Well, so far, everything we've seen, but I think even in a niche, you know, we'll, you, you see things that, um, you know, there, there's maybe two different kinds of books. At least we have two different kinds of books. There's the book of stuff that we can show publicly and there's the book of stuff we can't. Um, we can still share it with clients once we're on a one-on-one, but we can't leave it with them and we can't show it on the website. Mainly because, you know, we, we have non-disclosure agreements and right. we have, you know, silly things. And this is usually with the bigger companies. So... I think one of the hardest things or one of the biggest uh, pushbacks that we get um, and that I know others have heard, um, whether it's a creative studio or, you know, a restaurant or whatever, is it's the whole thing. Well, if we can do the work, why don't we do the work um, and, and, you know, and get the money? And I think when times get tough, it, it becomes a lot easier to falter from that focus and just take the paycheck when that, I don't know, tech firm that wants to create this new app comes through and you're like, well, man, you know, I know I can do it. So why not? Um, so do you turn away business that isn't in your niche? Um, and, and how do you maintain that diligence and fortitude to do so? So if you would have asked me that question five years ago, I probably would have been like, yeah, we do take other stuff. But, you know, lately, you know, we've been blessed with the ability to actually have a constant flow of work. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of sets things at ease a little bit when it comes to that point where someone approaches you. Um, We do maybe stretch it out. Like I will entertain the thought of, for instance... Someone emailed, you know, requesting a proposal for they had a robotics company that was creating a um, 
robot to make burgers, practically. I know hashtag. exactly who you're talking I about. They probably <laughs> yeah. contacted you too. And yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll send you something. I'm like, it's it's within the food and beverage world, sure. You know, even mm -hmm. though it's not mm -hmm. necessarily like what we necessarily do. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm like, yeah, I guess as long as it touches the food and beverage world, like I would right. maybe entertain the thought. Um, but we've had requests lately for, um, you know, clothing brands and things like that. And I usually, what I'll do is I'll kindly explain to them that we just focus in restaurant branding. Um, right. And then I have a plethora of people that I've come in contact with in the past graphic designers and I'll just refer them to them. Um, sure. You know, it, it kind of eases the rejection a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we, we were encountered by, <laughs> I think someone similar or the same people probably. I mean, we run in the same circle, so it's very feasible. Um, <laughs> to me, if it has to do with food, then, then we're into it. Um, so for that, like we, we look uh, for innovation. And so it's not just a matter of, um, are you a traditional restaurant or food truck? So for us, like we got really excited about it because like, wow, you know, this could be a game changer. It could be a total flop too, but yeah. <clears throat> pardon me, y'all. Um, it could be a total game changer because uh, we already know what's happening with um, some major restaurants testing out the um, uh, I'll just call it the iPad systems, but the you know the touchscreen do-it-yourself order-yourself systems. Which the funny thing is, is I'm not sure why they've been so adverse to adopting. I think the only real answer is you lose that quote-unquote human touch. Um, there is a chain of uh, convenience stores. I guess we'll call them C-store hybrids. Uh, called Sheets, and I'm, I'm no, sure you know you got you got Wawa out there, so it's similar. Yeah, yeah. but my husband's from Pittsburgh, <clears throat> so I always hit the Sheets to get gotta my hit the Sheets. In the yeah. Pardon the interruption, folks, but here's a message from one of our sponsors. The only thing embarrassing about 2016 was you didn't launch your brand. The minimums were too high, screen fees were ridiculous, and you knew your project was going to be run after the horrible family reunion T-shirts. Your brand deserves the same craft and respect you put into it, and that won't happen with your average partner. Black Cat Merchandising is way more than a churn and burn screen printer. They're a true partner to launch and grow your brand the smart way. No screen fees, low minimum orders, and fair pricing. Black Cat Merch is run by designers for designers, with the focus of growing your brand. Make 2017 the year your brand takes over by visiting blackcatmerch.com and mentioning Grits and Grits for a special offer. Um, so, but Sheets has been using the um, the do-it-yourself touchscreen yep. system for a very long time, and it works. Um, and so, here, here's my prediction for for the new year and maybe in the next couple of years. This is where I become Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I think what we're going to see in the restaurant industry over the next couple of years is one, QSRs are going to finally latch on to what has made them so strong for so long, and that is convenience and quickness. And so, you know, just like the whole McDonald's changed the game of shifting from the, the short order cook, uh, you know, mentality and format to this new idea of a fast restaurant, um, I think they're going to readopt that in this ever-growing world of I need it now no, screw that, I needed it five minutes ago kind of mentality. So QSRs are going to get even quicker. And, the, and the, the best way to do that is to 
streamline it. And streamlining it means do it yourself. I mean, we're dealing with a huge group of people. And I'll use the M word, millennials. millennials. <laughs> the millennials that everyone wants. <laughs> um, the mystical millennials. and um, That actually so, know how to use the touchscreen very, very well. They're just, they grew up on computers. Like they, they can get into a system that's intuitive. They can do it themselves. So really what value are you adding by putting um, a half engaged, um, you know, person behind the counter that doesn't want to be there, that isn't really giving good customer service and enforcing them to take an order, like cut out the middleman. So we're going to see that. That's going to allow them to probably focus a little bit more on even better um, food coming out. So that's going to be a double win. And then I think we're going to see um, I think we're going to see a further de- uh, decline in the um, casual dining world where those casual dining experiences will become more fast casual in, in, in for the same reasons. Like unless I'm going out to a, uh, a dinner with uh, friends, family, wife um, that request that, that I would want someone to wait on us. I don't really need someone to interrupt my meal, to come back and ask me how is everything. If it's bad, I'm going to yell. I'm going to raise my hand and get you over here and let you know. So I think we're going to see like the – or we should see some of these behemoth brands like uh, TGI Fridays and Applebee's and Chili's and, you know, you can go down the list. Start to – if they're smart, start to reconsider the way they do business and maybe start to take out their middleman, which is – the waitress who is working at, or waiter who's working at Applebee's who probably doesn't want to be there, but it's stable pay and it's a means to an end right now. So I think in both instances, you're not really stacking the deck in your favor for a good customer service experience because you have half engaged, um, maybe a bit disenfranchised people representing your brand. So why not take them out? You know, do we really need those people anymore? Um, would you tend to agree or disagree? Feel free to be bold in your in your uh, lashing out at me. <laughs> I think there's a space for it. Um, like for, I mean, I think I went to a Chili's with the kids like four years ago, and I believe mm-hmm. we sat in the you know bar booth area, and I do remember them having. Um, I think it was actually a little like touchscreen gaming system. So I could totally right. see that just being flipped over to the POS systems. Um, and also in the fast casual world, um, I know a lot of my clients are doing the half and half. So they have a couple POSs at the counter and then they also have the touch screens, you know, before you get to the counter um, for those, you know, millennials. But you do have that. I guess it depends on your demographic because you have like someone like my dad or even sadly my brother who mm-hmm. really don't like the technology, um, you know, that might still need that yeah. face-to-face contact. So I, I mean, think are, just... are those the, um, yeah, I mean, are, are, are those, like you said, is that, is that really the, um, the audience in the, in the market? And, you know, do right. we really want to cater to, you know, no offense to, to dad and bro, but the least common denominator, I would say. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what I say. I think it's, it's dependent upon, um, the demographic of the market and the brand and all that good stuff. But I definitely yeah. see it going towards, the sheets effect um, for some of the, the the smarter up and coming concepts, or even just you know certain units within you know a larger multi unit concept. Yeah, I especially see it as a, a huge need in the fast 
or I'm sorry, just the casual dining world. It just seems like such a dinosaur format to me. And I know it has its place out in the suburbs, and that's cool. But, um, you know, that I think even in the suburbs you're seeing – Obviously, a rise in tech, tech-driven, tech-savvy, and intuitive yeah. folks. That it just isn't necessary. And in in, a, in an industry where things are so razor thin as far as margins are concerned, talk about a cost savings, um, okay. especially with some of the recent laws that were passed and and maybe passed in the future, where you know we're having to you know pay so much more for this <clears throat> basic skill labor. Um, we have to give, you know, we have to provide benefits. Wouldn't we rather see that money go to where we absolutely need it and then streamline the effect up front? And so, I don't know. That, that's my prediction. That's what I think we're going to see. Um, you know, maybe I'll be wrong. I was wrong oh. about the iPhone. I predicted it would be a flop, so I've oh. been wrong before. <laughs> I also was wrong about Trump winning. I told my friends not to worry. It would never happen. So, I mean. So you're maybe not Nostradamus after all. No, I'm <laughs> I'm very much not. I don't even have a crystal ball, so <laughs> whatever. That's all right. Um anyway, that was a little bit off topic, but I think um maybe not. I mean, I think there's also that kind of conversation to have within our industry, you know. Um I think you have a very uh progressive I don't know if I want to use that word because I hate that it's tied to politics now, but um, your setup with, with Seth Design Group, I'm not sure how much you want to talk about it. It just seems like uh, the the right way of doing things these days in that you have a, a core group of folks that you know basically man the ship, but then you have other people that you call on as needed and you sort of scratch each other's back and um, you work together to create, I think, the best possible scenario. And I think that's smart specifically because – for instance, I grew up in York, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. The talent pool there, there, there is talent there, but it's not burgeoning. So if we were to go by the traditional model, we basically have to lure people um, away from probably a better city to ours to work for us, or we have to just work with what we got. And I think that lowers the bar, whereas you don't necessarily have those confines. Um, how has that worked out for you? I mean, do you like the the format? Um, do you do you see it changing? I um, I love it. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you have to come to the grips. Like some clients, especially the larger ones, mm-hmm. they're gonna want you know that brick and mortar, sweet office in a big city that you know, has the 20 people behind the desks and they can walk in and feel really, really special that they're hiring this amazing agency. Um, So I do lose, I think those, you know, extremely large companies because we are a smaller ship then. But the, the great thing is the clients that I do have, the majority of them, um, really value, the end result, right? They want something creative. Um, they value the fact that we are specialized in the restaurant industry and we do know, you know, the quick service needs X, Y, and Z and fine dining needs, you know, only X and Y or something like that. And we have a network of people. So with me, it also takes a little bit of the heavy burden off my shoulders because, um, you know, Susie is not losing her job before Christmas time. Um, right. <laughs> you know, so I can call on, I do have my core consultants. Um, you know, there's one guy down in Austin, Anthony, he's great. He is kind of my more corporate 
strategy guru and also uh-huh. he's works within the web design space. Um, Danielle, I met her when I lived in Oklahoma. Um, she is my hand letterer and mm-hmm. kind of illustrator. Um, I have people that are just the graphic designers, good at illustration, you know, mm-hmm. uh, copywriters, and they all live throughout. So I choose, you know, we get a we get a new client idea, um, and then depending on maybe their style or the genre. So say if it's mm-hmm. a ramen shop. You know, I rather use people that maybe have been to Japan or, you know, really like that kind of thing. So I'll pull in (laughs) Anthony. And then if I think that it could be, um, you know, use hand lettering, then I pull in Danielle. Mm -hmm. But if it needs to be cleaner and more contemporary, you know, I might use Mm -hmm. Steven. So I pull in people depending upon their style. And then it also is really nice because when we do logos, um, instead of, for instance, myself trying to come up with five different concepts... I can task, you know, each person to come up with one or two. And they're usually, you know, varied styles or ideas or whatever. So it's a nice kind of um, wide berth of Mm -hmm. ideas to give to the client at the beginning. So, um, yeah, it's great. I mean, I love it. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, one of the things that, so, uh, back in the day, which was Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, Vigor had, we had a, a core group of people and then we worked with folks all over the place. And I think in some instances we have that same format, but we are a little bit more centralized now. I think we're, we're in a good position because we're in Atlanta. So the, the talent pool here is a lot larger mm-hmm. and I would say a lot more forward thinking than some of the other places. I mean, um, that are out there in that we're, we're young and we're youthful and we're still growing um, probably a little bit faster than I would like considering the traffic. But um, <laughs> what's, uh, what's good about yours is though you can hand, like you were saying, you can hand select the team for the client um, in a, in a talent pool that is essentially an infinity. Like yeah. it's, it's endless, right? It, it is endless. I think you get, um, I'm sure you understand like, some people can be extremely creative, but not the mm-hmm. greatest to work with. You know what I mean? So you you got to test those waters out. So we have kind of found, you know, our people that are responsive and produce great results on time, you know, on budget, et cetera. So we do kind of go back to them. But sure. I do, um, you know, depending on the amount of work that we have, we add on new people, you know, yeah. depending on their styles and stuff. So, yeah, that makes sense. I like the format. So, all right. Um, what do you have any advice for the listeners out there for this new year that are maybe considering niching? Um, are there any like warning signs or flags that they should know about? Um, any notes of motivation that you want to give before we uh, land this plane? You know, um, I would actually recommend, and I have no, like, I've never met the lady before in my life, but I would recommend picking up the Elise Benin book or going onto her website and checking it out. I think it's marketing-mentor.com. She also has some podcasts and things. Mm-hmm. Um, she will help you through, like, the thought <laughs> process behind it because it is a personal decision. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, I went into restaurant branding because um, – I, I was passionate about it. So right. you know, my father was always like, do what you love and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Don't get stuck in a job that you're going to hate the rest of your life. Um, right. So I, I'm I'm there. Um, it, I was originally considering 
Like I think my portfolio was large at the beginning on um, marketing and uh, mm-hmm. promoting events. So I was like, well, maybe I'll be, you know, work in the events area and do graphic design for them and stuff like that. So it did take me a little while to kind of land on restaurant branding. Um, so there is a process that she kind of helps you walk through. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's beneficial. You have to decide, you know, where the market, you know, what's hot right now. Is it going to be hot in five or 10 years? Um, right. <laughs> but I think we talked about, uh, you know, industry is great. But if you don't do industry, maybe you're an excellent web designer or maybe you do video and maybe you mm-hmm. just start to specialize um, in that one area. Yeah. And that's, you know, what Craig from Matchstick really started. Um, you know, that's what he was touching on is like, they just, they just do web, you know, brand, I'm sorry, brand identity. That's their thing, brand strategy yeah. and identity. Um, and yeah, they may, you know, they may wiggle out of that niche here and there, but for the most part, they're just, they're really good at it. And I think what you, him and I have seen is that, yeah, you know, we may not get that, you know, Coca-Cola is launching a new product campaign, which I'm sure we would all love to have, but what we would get is what's right for us. And so when we lose those customers or, or potential clients to um, either a competing agency or, um, you know, or, or they just go somewhere else, whatever, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't sting as much, you know, because you're like, well, you know what? It probably wasn't for us anyway. And would it, would it have been a bigger headache than it was worth? Probably, yeah. Um, and I think the same thing goes for, you know, like for us niched in an industry, it's like, I don't really want to work on pharmaceuticals. Um, exactly. I don't want to work for Philip Morris. I don't want to, you know, like, so I, I'm not really mad when I see that work in other people's books. Cause I'm like, no, nah, it's all right. Like that's, you're good. Like totally. good for you. <laughs> um, I, I would suggest that finding a niche, it, it really should be singular. Um, I, I tend to disagree when I see multiple niches that are unrelated uh, in an agency. Um, one off the top of my head, I won't name them. Like they're niched in like restaurant and healthcare, and I'm like, well, huh. you know, I'm sure they have sure the expertise. <laughs> I guess, right? Like, I mean, I guess they have the talent in house and the expertise in house, but it, it just it doesn't jive. Whereas. Like hospitality um, would make more sense. Exactly. Yeah. So like, you know, if you're doing hotels, food and beverage, I see the correlation. Anything outside of that, I start to and I, and I would I would bet that a client would start to wonder like, okay, well, how expert are you really in this if half your time is spent over here in something unrelated? So yeah. that would be my thing. And then the only other motivation I would have is be strong. You know, it's going to be really hard to turn away work that you can do. But you have to remember that for everything you do that isn't related to your niche, you essentially it's a, it's it's essentially a waste of time. It, it does nothing for you in the long run. It's right. a short term gain, um, and probably and, not really worth it. Yeah, and if you go back to the whole like marketing aspects, so you have your marketing and sales, and you know estimating and stuff. Um, if you do, you know if I'm in restaurant branding and I take that side project in pharmaceuticals. I'm not going to be able to show that in my portfolio. So it's not helping me, you know, and it's not going to lead to more clients in the restaurant field. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it might bring in the paycheck and sometimes that's good, but it's not helping me Mm -hmm. market to the next 
year or client or whatever. Yeah. So that's great. So uh, finally, uh, why, why don't you tell people how they can find you and Seth Design Group on social and the web and anywhere else? Sure. So um, if you go to my website, it has all the social links, but essentially it's sethdesigngroup.com. So it's the boy's first name, S-E-T-H, designgroup.com. And then I'm pretty much at the same handle on all, most social, except Snapchat. Because I'm not a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have it. And I think I've talked about it before on here. I just, uh, I'm, I'm starting to feel old. I'm like, I don't get the snap tweet. What's this face chat thing? Um, so we'll, we'll leave that to the millennial kids to handle. So um, as always, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate the time. And, and honestly, uh, a lot of good stuff for everyone to hear. And um, to listeners, I hope you guys have a great week. Once again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Do follow us at Grits Grids. That's Grits Grids with no end in between on Instagram and Twitter. This podcast and the Grits and Grids blog is a passion project of Vigor, a restaurant and beverage branding and marketing firm based in Atlanta. Check us out at www.vigorbranding.com. And of course, we're all over social media. Until next week, stay hungry, stay thirsty, and be creative.